Sometimes it might seem like big goals are hard, that they are not even worth the trouble. But that is only when we approach them unconsciously. When you know what your goal is, and you make it the right size, at the right time, you start building momentum that, if you keep it, will make it almost impossible to stop you. Hi, hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This podcast is for everyone interested in psychology or who wants to develop the most useful people and life skills for yourself and for the people around you. There is this function to self-esteem that goes well beyond making us feel good, no matter what. And this is where some people might disagree. We do need some of that, yes. But for the most part, we feel good about ourselves when we are doing the right things. When we do what is good for us as individuals in society. That is the primary function. For us to do what we need to do. And of course there are downsides to it in that... Maybe your life situation is such that you're kind of low on the totem pole and then your emotions will essentially try and control you where you're at so that you don't veer away from your place because that, to our minds, can be dangerous. So this is the part where we should feel good about ourselves no matter what. The CEO or the cleaning person And that, unfortunately, is not true much of the time. But the other part is, and the way out of the situation that is not favorable to us, is we get our self-esteem when we work to achieve meaningful goals, particularly those that will make us stronger, that will teach us new skills, and that, over time, will improve our lot in life. Our emotional system is so set up, it'll reward us for achieving any goal that we set for ourselves, no matter how small. And that is the key, because we so often have visions and goals that are so hard, so difficult, we can't realistically achieve them. We can't reap the benefit of those emotions that come when you achieve something, because we make our goals so big so much of the time. So the trick is, you figure out what is the larger vision of what you want to achieve, and then what is the first step towards that goal that I can make so easy, I almost can't not achieve it. Because it doesn't matter as much whether our goals are big or small. They are our goals that we set for ourselves. And when you achieve it, you'll get that dopamine rush. You'll get those emotions, those chemicals flowing through your system that'll encourage you to do more. And that is how achievement works. By chunking it. By making it accessible. In fact, making it fairly easy. Because when you make, especially the first step small, the next step does not need to be equally small. It'll probably be bigger. 
it'll only become natural to choose goals that are bigger in nature so that over time our achievement becomes exponential. It'll keep growing bigger because we've been conditioned to ourselves to make those goals bigger more easily and naturally. So this is the most important and most useful way to really grow in self-esteem by growing as people, as doing more and achieving more. Sometimes I talk about morning rituals. This is a topic that I go back to every now and then because it's an important one, but it's also a tricky one, especially given that this is much about creating a habit and habits can be tricky to maintain, especially the mental ones, I think. <clears throat> but one of the more important things that I do in the morning, that I try to do every morning if I can, is to give a moment to thinking about where I am in life at this moment. What do I like about it? What's good already? And then how can I improve whatever is not good yet? or not good enough yet? And then, what can I do to make my life 5% better? And I choose that particular percentage because it's neither small nor big. It's not so big, it would be intimidating. You can always do 5%. You can actually improve one area in your life by 5% in a day. But that percentage can vary. It could be as little as 1% easily. The thing that is important is it starts your day in a way and sets your day up to thinking not how to do things in the same way, which is the default that we all have, but how to do things different in a way that can lead to improvement. The change that that brings the power of that kind of thinking is quite incredible because it takes you out of the rut where you think about things in a new way. And also, as a side effect, it puts your locus of control back where it belongs inside. Locus of control, as a psychological term, is where the driving force of your life is. That is, do you do things in life the way other people want it? Do you base your judgment of what you do and who you are based on other people? Or do you consciously decide to be the person making those decisions for yourself? And in many areas, this is more difficult than it sounds. Because we are programmed to be social animals, which means we adhere to a social order to a hierarchy, and then we live most of our lives on autopilot, in a sense, which is not always a bad thing, because other people know what we don't. We can't figure everything out on our own. That would be a waste of time. Many things we can actually take over, but we need to be very careful about what ideas we accept as ours, that were not originally ours, which is most of our ideas, by the way. And whether or not these are good for you, whether they are good enough the way they are, or do they need to be updated, 
on a regular basis. So living a life of growth by cultivating the growth mentality in simple ways, like having a good morning ritual, such as asking that morning question, as in, what in my life can I improve by 5% or 3% or 1%, it doesn't really matter the percentage. That I have found to be the most useful tool to both make my life meaningful and enjoyable. And this might seem like hard work, but it actually is the opposite. Because when we are motivated, when we have a passion to do something, to make a change, everything becomes easier. Things are only hard for the person who's not motivated. So the real tough job is to get that motivation, spark it, create it in yourself the way only you know how to do it. And for the part of the self-esteem that is not dependent on what you do, the less important part, but still useful, that has to do with how we see ourselves in our minds. And we all create stories about who we are and how important, how smart, how capable. But that can be a double-edged sword if it doesn't correspond to reality. So when it comes to the way we see ourselves, the best thing to do, I think, is to make sure that you look the best to everyone, but most of all to yourself. And there you can take a look at your body language, how you walk. Do you walk straight so that your body language is strong yet relaxed? Do you have a warm smile? Do you know what you look like as you go about your day? When you talk to people, how do you interact with others? What can you improve there and then keep it? How do you bring your awareness to the way you conduct yourself? Two of my favorite exercises that I still do sometimes, just to make sure I'm on the right track, is the smile exercise and the general body language or walking exercise. And the point there is we're not often aware what we look like and what impression we tend to make, or it doesn't correspond to how we see ourselves, unless we check to make sure. One of the reasons why I started doing this podcast, or rather started recording my voice, was just to be familiar with it, just to be aware of what I sound like. Because I didn't really know. Our voice sounds different to us in our heads than to other people. And we don't like to hear our voice recorded at first. It tends to sound strange and unfamiliar. But that is one area that can be mastered. Just by making a recording every now and then. The same can be done with other parts of our body language. How we walk. A good exercise for that is whenever you're walking through a door... Imagine there's something hanging from the top of the frame that you can grab onto using your teeth, that you can bite into, that is a little bit higher than it seems it should be. And as you walk through the door, it'll make you walk straight, straight and tall. 
If you do that as a habit, that'll make sure that your body language is strong and natural and healthy. That you use your body in a healthy way. The complementary exercise would be the smile exercise, where you just look into the mirror and smile at yourself. You can play with different kinds of smile. And the goal here is try to find a smile that is real, that is authentic, and at the same time that really taps into your charisma or develops it. And there are essentially three parts to charisma. There's power, there's presence, and there's warmth. All three need to be present. Try that as an exercise, where you look at yourself in the mirror, smile, and see how you can add power, and then how you can add warmth to the smile. And you're not trying to trick anybody. That smile should be genuine. It should be real. Where you don't even think of it as, this is what I want to look like to everybody else. No. This is who I want to be to myself. And it doesn't even matter what everybody else thinks. If you do it right and you put it in practice, these two exercises are a very simple way to transform the way you see yourself and the way other people see you. And by the way, when you combine it, it's better when you combine the power pose with the warm smile. It's good to practice it in this particular order because you want to be strong first, then you want to be warm and friendly. Not the other way around. And I hope this makes sense because the point is not to smile too much. It is not to try to be too friendly. We need to be strong first so that that warmth, that friendliness is genuine where we can give more of ourselves without needing anything in return, without being needy, in other words. So that is how it works. Strength and presence, which is also warm and friendly, is the best place to be as we go about our lives. And then any challenge or any problem that we might have, when approached from a position of authenticity, of power, openness and warmth becomes much easier and much more interesting as a tool for growth. And this is where we realize that we can do much more than we used to think before we became aware and more in control of the way we act. We really act, not just we think we act. And then we realize that as complicated as today's world can seem, this is the best time to live. This is the time to be alive if you really want to make a difference for yourself and for everyone around you as a role model because we have so many possibilities to make our lives truly great. It's not even funny. And when we take those little steps one after another consciously, there's no limit to what we can achieve. You are the master and the sum total of your thoughts. 
Your thoughts create pictures which lead to your actions. Your actions create habits. Your habits create who you are. And most of all of these, your actions are the key. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. If you got some value out of this episode, or you know someone who might benefit from this podcast, share it with your friends. With questions, suggestions, or insights, write me at pdartofsd at gmail.com. Keep doing your part to create the best possible life for yourself and others. And through what you do, leave the world better than you found it.